Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about some of the changes that are taking place in state legislatures around the country. So we've been highlighting in the past couple of days, political changes in the most recent election have brought new people into politics for the first time. It's changed the balance of power in many areas. I personally don't have a political affiliation. Politics in both Canada and the U.S. have become increasingly polarized in recent years. If you're a hardcore Democrat, you need to line up perfectly on 20 issues on the left. And if you're a Republican, you need to line up perfectly on those same 20 issues on the right. Here in Canada, we have the same issue between the Conservative Party, the Liberals, and the New Democratic Party. But if you're like me, where I'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal on some items, but not all, there's no political party that speaks directly to me. In fact, I would propose that most people don't agree 100% with either of the political extremes. One topic I'm particularly passionate about, you've heard me speak about it repeatedly, is the topic of rent control. And it's not because I'm a landlord. It's because history has proven time and again that rent controls don't work. They don't produce the desired results. Rent controls treat the symptom, not the root cause. Properties are not affordable. It's because the free market balance of supply and demand has pushed prices up. Now, last week, Governor Cuomo of New York delivered a blow to both landlords and tenants by pledging to end vacancy decontrol, a 24-year-old policy that removed 150,000 apartments from rent regulations in New York State. Tenants will be celebrating, but only for a short time. The problem is that governments can't compel investors to make investments where they're going to lose money. The entire state government, including the Senate and the governor's office, are now in Democratic hands with newly elected progressives pushing for much stronger tenant protections. Last week on WNYC Radio, Governor Cuomo responded yes when he was asked whether he would sign a law to abolish vacancy decontrol if it passes in the legislature. He said, one of the biggest pieces in an affordable housing program is going to be a reform of the rent regulations. It doesn't provide additional units of affordability to the extent that we need. I still believe in production and supply, he said, but reforming the rent regulation system, especially vacancy decontrol, can make a major difference. Vacancy decontrol was implemented under Governor George Pataki. At the time, Republicans sympathetic to landlords had leverage by threatening not to renew the entire rent stabilization law, which was about to expire. Landlords have the right to remove apartments from the stabilization system if the rent reaches $2,733.75 and they become vacant. Prior to Governor Cuomo's announcement, the current law covering about 1 million rent-stabilized apartments is scheduled to expire in June of 2019. Now, I want to share with you the story of a property located in Midtown Manhattan. It's a sixplex in the Murray Hill neighborhood on the east side. I took a close look at this property last week. The neighborhood is one of the more expensive areas in Manhattan. Here are the particulars. It's a six-unit building. The building is fully occupied, and the apartments each rent for $1,136 per month. This is an area where apartments routinely rent for over $4,000 a month. The asking price for the property was $4.5 million. That's right, $4.5 million. There is no way to justify the purchase of the property as an income property. The numbers make no sense. The listing was being promoted as a development site with significant air rights above it. I mean, someone could theoretically go vertical or buy one of the neighboring properties, combine it with this one. That might create a large enough floor plate to build a more substantial building with some scale. On its own, this purchase makes no sense as an income property, and it barely makes sense as a development site. If that property sells, 
for anywhere near the $4.5 million asking price, it will be redeveloped into a condo property, and those affordable units will disappear from the market forever. Many of the progressive newcomers to the Slate legislature ran on platforms of reforming rent laws. They're going to use the first few weeks in office to fulfill their campaign promises. We can expect rent control legislation to be tabled in the state legislature in the very near future. I was in New York last week speaking with lenders and hedge fund managers. They reported to me that several rental property sale transactions that were scheduled to close in the next 60 days have been canceled by the lender. The lenders are not willing to put money at risk when the math doesn't work. And we know that under rent control, assets degrade in value and they experience deferred maintenance. The lenders I spoke with don't want any part of that. Government can't mandate banks to approve a loan that's too risky, just like they can't mandate investors to make investments that lose money. If there isn't financing for these income properties, they will get redeveloped. There's really no choice for a property owner. I found a few things in Manhattan. I found a lot of money looking for deals. I also found an increasing willingness for that money to look at investment opportunities outside the New York market. Traditionally, New Yorkers look locally first, and increasingly, they're willing to look nationwide. As you're thinking about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Think about where you're going to make your investments. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. 